everyone. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and joining me this week is my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How are you doing, William? Very well, but um, I'm suddenly more anxious that AirTags come out as soon as possible, please. Yeah. But that might be another story. As you have told me just before we started recording, your both sets of AirPods and AirPods Pros have disappeared from your life. And so I guess you need an AirTag on top of the AirPods to maybe to help you find them. Clearly. No, no, hang on. When you say it like that, it sounds suspicious. I thought I'd just misplaced them, but no, both have been removed from my office. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe it'll just give you a reason to buy the AirPod Studio that might be announced next week. You know, might just have to shell out for it. <laughs> Souls. So let's jump into the big news of the week. Apple finally officially announced their next event. They're calling it the high speed event, high comma speed, which I'm sure is a play on words or a double entendre, whatever you want to call it for high speed, namely 5G, maybe also talking about the A14 processor. But the event will take place Tuesday, October 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. All signs point to the iPhone 12 announcements and some other rumors like a HomePod mini could be announced. Leakers are suggesting not a new HomePod model like the larger HomePod, just a mini. And the long-awaited AirTags, John Prosser tweeted a few times saying that, you know, maybe that design, you know, everyone tries to read into the design of the event invite and tries to find <laughs> some secret code, some, you know, 3D image. They cross their eyes and try to see what pops out. I don't think Apple really puts that much <laughs> secrecy in the design. Actually, I did measure the colors, mm. uh, the Pantone colors as a design. Because oh, I thought, oh, everybody's doing this. I've got to find a new way to study it. And right, would right. you believe I learned nothing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Maybe if you take the Pantone color and you transform it to a hex code, and then you put all the hex codes together, it might tell you the model number of the iPhone 12. That might be it. Hold that thought. I'll be I'll be right back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Again, the, the event takes place Tuesday. We will do a special episode as we have done on all the major events recently. I'm going to do a recap episode that afternoon. So if you missed the event or can't watch it live, be on the lookout for a podcast episode that afternoon, recapping all the announcements from the event. We'll try to get that out quickly so you can listen to it on your ride home or at the end of the day. But again, the leaks say iPhone 12, the family of iPhone 12s, the 5G radios probably coming, the HomePod mini, AirTags, maybe possibly AirPod Studio as well. My question to you, William, is what are you hoping to see and what are you going to buy if what you're hoping comes announced next week? I do believe it'll be the iPhone 12. I think it will only be the iPhone 12. Uh, There's always this thing that Apple's going to introduce loads of things and they never do. Mm. They do two, three, four, the absolute most, and they're always related in some way. Well, just about, I suppose, iPad and iPhone, they're both iOS devices. Mm. Uh, I People are saying it's the iPhone 12, it's Apple Silicon, that it's the HomePod, it's the HomePod Mini, and I, I think, no, oh, AirTags as well, which, you know, I genuinely do want that. I, I think of the iPhone 12 and out. And that'll be enough. I mean, they look like they're going to be really good iPhones. Yeah, there's also the rumors that a new Apple TV model might come out. Oh, yes. And of all the devices that are long in the tooth, I would say that a new Apple TV seems likely. I would say, you know, there's the rumors of some kind of gaming uh, inclusion, especially if it has an A14 style processor in the new Apple TV box. Maybe they would also have a cheaper version of the box. You know, we've seen the Google Chromecast, the new one, which I actually picked one up. It actually arrives in a couple days as we record. So I'm going to try out that the $50 Google Chromecast with Google TV. Google has now entered the realm of impossibly to understand namings as Apple TV has. (laughs) 
have yes. Google Chromecast, the device, Google TV, the service, and app. Who knows? But anyway, so we'll see if anything uh, TV comes out. I wouldn't have been fussed about a new Apple TV. I have, whatever the current model is, I have the previous one and i use it for hours every day practically everything i ever watch goes through it and i'm more than happy with it but i did really fancy the audio sharing in tvos uh, 14 i'm a strictly come dancing fan the music's great the idea of both myself and i've been able to listen to it in full glorious stereo over our various airpods if we can find them <laughs> that that really tempted me and it won't work on my Apple TV. Oh. So it, that might not be enough to make me buy another £150 box, but it's made me interested suddenly. So I could that that could be the answer to what you said about what I'd buy. It could be right. the Apple TV. Right. I would be interested. I have the, an Apple TV 4K, and so I can you know do the audio sharing, but my kids actually play games on an Apple TV. I guess we're, we might be one of the few families in the world that actually uses Apple TV as a gaming box. But they do play a few of the Apple Arcade games on it. I don't know. I'd be curious what it would allow in a gaming sense. We also have a Nintendo Switch, and so they'll go back and forth. But to actually be a a gaming option and an entertainment, you know, one box to rule them all kind of thing connected to the TV, that would be interesting. But for the iPhone 12, I think you have said previously, this is you going to upgrade? You're going to go for it? I'm highly very tempted-ish. That's as bad (laughs) as much as I'm going (laughs) to... Last year... No way I was buying an iPhone 11 Pro. Not a chance. None. I was waiting for the 5G iPhone 12. And then, oh, the 11 Pro looks so good. And I bought it and I'm really glad that I did. I have no doubt that come 20 minutes into the keynote presentation, I'll be hankering for a 12. And I might well give him. Actually, I might. Uh, I, I Currently, I have my iPhone 11 Pro from this year and the iPhone XS Max from last year. Last year, I was going to trade in the 10s max to get that discount and i realized for what apple gives you you'll never get a phone that good you'll never get a second camera that good for that amount that's true so i held on to it but now if i hold trade in the 10s max uh, that might pull down the 12 to be uh, affordable and i keep that and the 11 right uh pro with me as my two cameras so that's the way i'm thinking and my accountant has yet to uh, hear this chain of thought <laughs> um but right. yeah so I'm going to talk about iPhone upgrade plans in a moment because there were some leaked trademarks about some phrases that Apple is trademarking in Hong Kong. But with the iPhone 12, there was also the rumor that the larger iPhone Pro, whatever the 12 Pro model and the 12 Pro Max, that only the larger model will have the more powerful 5G radio. And I'm not exactly 100% up on the 5G terminology and technology, but that to have like the all the 5G speeds and ranges of frequencies that it might require a larger, I don't know, antenna or something that would require more power. And so it might only be available in the larger model. And now I have historically gotten the regular iPhone Pro. So I don't go with the max models, the larger size. I I don't prefer those. Back when it was, there was features specifically for the plus models, like optical image stabilization and all that, I would go plus because I wanted all the features that that year had to offer. And so now we might have a decision that if you want to get the 12 Pro, there might start to be a disparity between the Pro Max features, meaning a a better 5G radio and maybe even LiDAR. Who knows? That might just be in the Max model and not the regular Pro model. So it might not force me, but I might be inclined to get that larger size iPhone so I get all the features. Would that sway your decision on what size iPhone 12 you may get? 
Oh, that's that's well. My mind's going in two different directions. One is, oh, you also need to be aware of what five G is available where you are, right. or will be available where you are. Uh, and I genuinely don't know. Uh, Mike Worthily says that five uh, G in the UK is better. It's further along the process than it is in the US, and I presume because it's a smaller country, there's less to do. Uh, <laughs> but what that means for my local area. I don't know. I liked my iPhone XS Max a lot when I got it, and I didn't regret going for the bigger size. I went for the 11 Pro instead of the Pro Max, mostly for budget reasons, but then I found actually I love my iPhone 11 Pro yeah. far more than the Max bit. So that makes me think I will stick to the, the regular right. Pro size. But I didn't know about it. I didn't think about that bit with the different 5G. I knew there was a possibility, but not that it would split down that way. That's, that's, that's quite worrying, isn't it? Yeah. How's Apple going to explain all this to everybody that isn't <laughs> following every beat of this? Yeah, you know, most of the time there was not... Like, I remember with the 6... Plus and the 6S Plus, optical image stabilization was only available in the Plus models, but you never saw that on marketing material or really advertised. Like, you really had to go to the tech spec comparison sheet on their website to see that difference. So, I think most of the time they don't really have to tell customers those kind of nitty gritty details. If all the iPhone 12 Pro models have 5G, I think they'll just say that. 5G data speeds on the iPhone 12 Pro. And if there's a LiDAR scanner, but only on the large one, you know, they might just say on some models. But I don't think they typically go into details with consumers with those kinds of features. Would you agree? Yes. I seem to remember a class action lawsuit over some feature that Apple didn't mention was only in one version of mm. the iPhone. But uh, even then, it was very clear. If you were that fussed about that feature, you saw it listed on which phones it was and wasn't. Apple's very good at explaining what needs to be explained, Right. I think. So, yes, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Breaking up with your old wireless provider just got a whole lot easier thanks to Mint Mobile. They were the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, and now Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. Let me make sure you heard that. Unlimited data for just 30 bucks a month. Just think about how that compares to the unlimited plans from your wireless provider, and I think that is more than tempting to switch to Mint Mobile. When I've had unlimited plans with some of the big wireless providers, you're talking about $80, $90, $100 or more just for a single line. Think about that kind of savings by switching to Mint Mobile's $30 unlimited wireless plan. Here's what I love about Mint Mobile. They're online only, and they've eliminated all those traditional costs of retail and passed the savings onto you. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone, your iPhone, your iPhone 11, 10s, 10, 10R, whatever it is. You can use it with a Mint Mobile plan, and you can keep the same phone number, port that over, or get a new number. I've used Mint Mobile on my iPhone, and it is incredible. The data is super fast, they have great service, and you have to love the incredible pricing, especially with this new unlimited plan. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. And honestly, I just love everything about Mint Mobile. From their app that you can manage your wireless plan right from your phone to the website, everything is user-friendly, super easy. You can even do a family plan through Mint Mobile and save a ton of money for your entire family. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash appleinsider. That's mintmobile.com slash Apple Insider. 
Cut your unlimited wireless bill to just 30 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Mint Mobile for being awesome and sponsoring this episode. Now, when it comes to upgrading the iPhone, there's been rumors in past months about a possible iPhone for life type subscription plan. And this is, it's kind of been weird in the last several years. You know, they started their iPhone upgrade plan through Apple. And if you did that upgrade plan, it was actually through a company called Citizens One, which was basically like a loan for the iPhone. And what you would do is you would apply for it. You'd have to do a credit check as though you were getting like a mini loan and you would get your new iPhone. You would pay monthly. Your payment goes to Citizen One. And then when you want to upgrade in 12 months at the next iPhone, you trade in your old iPhone, whatever you've been paying, you've that's just the amount you've paid off, and that loan gets canceled, and you basically start a new one with the new iPhone. And so I've been doing that for the past several years. I did the iPhone upgrade plan. I've gotten a new one every year. Now, this year, it's going to be interesting because Apple is moving to their Apple Card no-interest payments when someone wants to break an Apple purchase into payments over time. So I'm curious if with the iPhone 12... If someone's been on the Apple iPhone upgrade plan like I have, if that is now going to transition to an Apple Card no interest payment, if they'll still continue doing the Citizens one, or again, it came out that Apple is trademarking or has applied for a trademark for the term iPhone for life in Hong Kong. And it's almost this implication that they might come out with a plan where, all right, you're just going to pay this month a month, this amount per month forever. And you'll just get the new iPhone every year. Every year you send us your old one, we'll send you a new one. And seeing how the Apple One services bundle is supposedly going to launch sometime in the next month or two, in late fall, they said, or you know, before the end of the year, I'm curious if maybe that could be one of the announcements that actually comes in next week's event is a new style of iPhone upgrade plan, maybe one that is ongoing, not just year to year, but just pay this amount per month, maybe just pay, I don't know, a hundred bucks a month. And that covers your iPhone, your Apple One Premier bundle plan, and whatever other, I don't know, bonus like Apple Care for your devices. And it's just, you just pay this a month forever. You always have the newest iPhone and you have all of Apple's services. William, would that tempt you at all? Or do you think that that would be a tempting offer for some people? I would immediately switch to it. Yes. Really? Okay. Exactly what you just said was rumored uh, possibly last year. And, and it looked for a while like whatever had started those rumors is actually what became Apple One, so that we were probably wrong. But this type of thing would fit. And I think that combination deal. I mean, you said about the trademark. I, I read the trademark filing and, and as well as the fact that the phrase iPhone for life sounds like this, it's filed in certain categories. And one of the categories it's filed in is usually used for um, like financial things like insurance. Hmm. So it all seemed to add up to this. I mean, it could be nothing. Uh, it, maybe Apple just didn't want somebody else using that term i don't know sprint apparently used exactly right. that phrase many years ago <laughs> yeah. but if it, it could be what we want we, i don't know how much of this is wishful thinking because the idea of one payment i mean i am instantly swapping to apple one i i did have to work through the figures first and i think it's really touch and go whether it benefits you but in my specific case of what i am using it is a benefit although unfortunately i also get apple arcade so and apple <laughs> fitness <laughs> as well so you know swings and roundabouts really uh, you're less tempted 
by the idea of renting? Because you already do it. I already do it, and so I would probably switch to it. I would be less inclined to have a balance on my Apple card for the duration of a phone. You know, so if they don't launch this iPhone for Life plan where it services whatever. Now, Apple One... I'm going to go to that immediately as it's available. It's going to save me $5 a month. Plus, I'll get Apple News and Fitness if I ever want to use it. So that's a no-brainer. With the iPhone deal, you know, I I don't typically carry balances on my credit cards. And so the iPhone Upgrade program is like this weird 0% interest loan. Mm. And it's kind of the separate deal. And it just charges my card once a month. And then I pay it off or whatever. So if I have to carry my iPhone balance on my Apple card, that is less appealing to me. I might just see if I can save the money and just pay for the phone outright. But then, you know, I honestly don't like having to deal with an older iPhone. My kids are not old enough where I would hand down phones to them right now. Trying to sell it on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or whatever, that's not something I enjoy doing or like to deal with that. So I've typically liked the convenience, even if I lose some cash in the process of just giving Apple my old phone and getting a new one. So I don't know. It's a little complicated for me. I don't know. If it was an iPhone for life, I would probably sign up for that. If I have to do the iPhone upgrade plan through my Apple card and it means carrying a balance on that, even if it's 0% interest, I'm not sure if I would be inclined to do that. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I I would be inclined to just buy it outright on my Apple card because then you get 3% back on the purchase. That's what I did with the Apple Watch. And, you know, if a new iPad comes out, I'll do that and send you my old one, of course. But the... Thanks. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Again, the Apple One services bundle, absolutely. iPhone for life, it just depends how it works out. You know, for some reason, I like that kind of disconnection of the monthly Apple payment that's not attached to a credit card. So so we'll see. Listeners, let us know. If, if an iPhone for Life plan uh, tempts you, I'd be curious to know if you would jump on that as well. And so, and William, you said you're going to go to the Apple One bundle. Are you going to do the Premier bundle where you get everything? Yes. that's uh, At the moment, I have two terabytes of iCloud storage, Apple Music Plus, and I, I'm really, really hesitant over Apple News Plus, Plus. I like it, and then I don't, and then I get enough from it, and then I don't, and I find it slightly frustrating, and then I don't. But <laughs> if it's... If I add that to the mix, Apple Music family sharing as well. So they all add up to, I save about £5 a month. Right. But I just realised actually there's a bigger difference between you and me and this issue with the possible bundle. There is no Apple Card here in the UK. It's only available in the States, uh, isn't it? Oh, so now next week we want them to announce a bundle, TV, watch, iPad, and Apple Card International. Uh. There you go. If they could just do that for us, that would be all right. I did not think about that. So that would that would mean they really can't do an iPhone upgrade plan and Apple Card be the the financing because it would only work in the, I mean I guess they could do that for the US and use other partners elsewhere. But They've often had different financial uh, partners, I think, in the UK. Barclays Bank is the one that used to always be the one here. I'm, I don't think that's the same in the States. But, yeah, they seem to negotiate with so many banks right. about things. I, I think it would be less convenient if it wasn't available everywhere, but they could still do it. And yeah. the States is, is the biggest market, isn't it? Well, for me, I will be upgrading to the iPhone 12 Pro, whatever it is. I might get probably get the max version if it has different features. The AirTags are interesting. I don't have a ton of items or devices that I would attach them to, but if they're 
inexpensive enough, which again, with Apple, I don't know what inexpensive <laughs> might be. <laughs> it might be $100 for three, or it might be one for 20, who knows. But I'd be curious to try them. The HomePod mini is tempting. I have one Alexa holdout in my home. I've had home, I've replaced Alexas with HomePods everywhere, and, and there's one left that a HomePod mini might be tempting, depending on the price. You know, if it's sub $100, I think it would be tempting. Anything more than that, you know, you can get the regular HomePod for 200 bucks at Best Buy on a sale. So a HomePod Mini would have to be inexpensive to be to be tempting. Mm. And then the AirPod Studio, we'll have to see if, you know, pricing-wise and quality, if it is announced, whether that'd be tempting. But for me, definitely iPhone 12, maybe HomePod Mini. We'll have to see. I have one HomePod. It's occurring to me that if they do launch new HomePod Mini, there's a good chance that the regular HomePod price will drop even more, more often than in the sales. And I could be very tempted to buy one of the ones because I really like this one I've got looking at me right here. <laughs> right. You know, actually, just I'll, I'll plug your uh, YouTube channel. You didn't say anything about it, but William has a YouTube channel. Search for William Gallagher. The icon is 58, stands for 58 keys. And I was watching one of your videos just yesterday uh, talking about music for writers and how to use your HomePod to ask for new music from artists. You can ask for essentials. You can ask for deep cuts or next steps. And so it was very good. So I'll put a link in show notes to William's YouTube channel. You can watch him talk to his HomePod and uh, see <laughs> the music that he's playing so that was you last night i knew somebody that was, was me watching. yeah i could <laughs> see i could see somebody yeah that was me that was me i love doing that episode because i love doing that thing with the music but when i was editing the video every time uh, i cut out the magic words to do with siri on the yes. final video so that you wouldn't be interrupted but as i was playing it through to find the bit where i'd say it my home pod and my watch and my iphone were all going yes yeah. what hmm? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. several dozen times yeah that's funny <laughs> Well, I also wanted to point out a couple of reviews that are up on appleinsider.com. Amber reviewed the Apple Watch SE. We mentioned that a couple episodes ago. Amber gave it a four and a half stars out of five, saying it's a great entry Apple Watch or maybe an Apple Watch for a child or a relative or someone that you may not have an iPhone, but you want to give them an Apple Watch. You can do that family sharing setup with the Apple Watch SE. It's a great review. We'll put a link in show notes to that. Mm -hmm. You can read it. Uh, that is probably something that's going to be bought heavily, I think, this holiday season as, you know, parents, maybe for kids and stuff like that. I'm considering it. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it'll show up in one of my kids' gifts. Not sure. If I if you get it for one, though, then it's like, you know, do you get yeah, you have to get it for all of them? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that, that could go badly yeah. for you there. It's a very nice watch. It's a very nice watch, but also if you're giving it to a child, at least for me, I know I'll want to get Apple Care with it. And if you want to do the family setup, it has to have cellular connectivity. So you can't just buy the base sure. model yeah. Apple Watch SE. You have to get the Apple Watch SE with cellular connectivity, and I would get Apple Care. So it actually becomes like a $400 item for a child setup, you know, if you want to do that family setup for that. So yeah. it's not the 280 as advertised if you're wanting to get all those things for family setup. So I don't know. I'll have to see. That's, that's a big jump if we have to buy two. You know, I have two kids that would probably mm. benefit from it or we would benefit from it because we'd be able to see their location and call and text them. So I don't know. We'll see. Actually, if you don't mind me asking, are, are your children old enough that they have iPhones already? Are you buying them iPhones as well? No, no. I'm going to try and hold out as long as possible on getting them iPhones. They do each have an iPad and I have all the screen time settings and all that heavily <laughs> locked down. You know, they can't really browse Safari mm. except for the websites that I 
specify and put in there. But the iPad is not super portable. And if there's ever a moment where they want to go outside and play or they're at a friend's house, it would be nice to be able to communicate with them to just send them a text or even call them on their wrist and kind of see how they're doing or check up or whatever. So that's why the watch specifically is is tempting. My oldest son is 11, and I know that there are many 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds, and even younger that have iPhones, but I'm just not inclined to do that just yet. So, so the watch is an interesting option, yeah. and it would be still cheaper than an iPhone SE if I got an Apple Watch SE with all that connectivity. I do like the school time mode where it really locks the watch down and you can't really do anything with it for those set hours a day. You can only be contacted by the people you specify. So it's a interesting feature. I don't know. We'll have to see if it's worth it, uh, you know, come come holiday season in just a couple months. But check out Amber's review. Uh, it's a great review. There's a link in show notes to that. And also Andrew reviewed the eighth generation iPad, giving it a four out of five stars. Again, if you, that base model iPad, it's not a super exciting product, but it's a good update to that model. Again, that's kind of the model that I get from my kids. Just like the base level iPad, it works with Apple Pencil now. It works with some of the Logitech smart keyboards. So it's a great option, especially for doing school at home. They could probably do a lot of that for you. And so you could check out that. And he has a video review of those as well. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. If you've never heard of Masterclass, it is an incredible online learning platform where you can learn from some of the biggest names in so many different areas, whether that's science, cooking, gardening, and you can watch incredibly produced videos of these teachers and learn a variety of skills. You can learn skateboarding from the cultural icon Tony Hawk. You can learn about gardening from the self-proclaimed gangster gardener, Ron Finley. And one of my personal favorites, you can even learn negotiating tactics from the former FBI lead international kidnapping negotiator, Chris Voss. I read his book and I've done his class on Masterclass and it is just incredible. And not only do the videos look and sound great from Masterclass, but every lesson within a class is only just 10 to 15 minutes long. So you can watch it on a lunch break or just sneak one in at any time and you can learn so much in just a short amount of time. I also love that I can watch it on any device, whether it's my iPhone, my Apple TV, or even on the web. And when I'm on my iPhone, I can actually flip it into audio mode if I get in the car and listen to the rest of the class. And then when I'm ready, flip it back into video mode so I can watch it. And what's great is these lessons range from specifically showing you how to do a technique, how to actually cook or garden or train your dog. And it also talks about the master's insights about their craft. And they could talk about the industry, what they learned as they worked in this profession. So much insight and information packed into these amazing videos from Masterclass. I highly recommend you check out Masterclass. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as an Apple Insider listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. It's an amazing deal. And you're going to want to take multiple courses when you start. You're going to get hooked. So go to masterclass.com slash Apple Insider. That's masterclass.com slash Apple Insider for 15% off. Our thanks to Masterclass for sponsoring this episode. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is you actually had an article talking about some of the new photos features in iOS 14. You know, this is one of the things where it really takes a couple of weeks to really uncover all of the mm. features in iOS 14 that would be beneficial. But I thought it was a great article kind of breaking down some of those new features that aren't readily 
visible or aware. So why don't you tell us some of the features that you uncovered as you were doing the article? Well, thank you for saying that. I didn't think that there would be much difference in photos. I mean, how much can there be? But you you looked into it, you're checking everything out and just found more and more and more. Uh, I think the most visually visible, visually visible, sorry, the one that (laughs) struck me the most uh, was um, I'd forgotten how used we are to opening up uh, photos and seeing that grid of squares. I think that seems like normal but of course some photographs are portraits some are landscape and now I have the option to change that so instead of an enforced square grid it now shows it's thumbnail size views of every image but in the correct aspect ratio that they were taken and I found that really useful for just scrolling through quickly to find that portrait shot I need it for it and that was that was an unexpected boon I was surprised how much I've used that now is that a setting you have to change yeah uh, the aspect ratio grid it's called. I mean, I think actually after a while, I kind of missed the old way and I put it back. But now as soon as I'm looking for something, it's one of the quicker ways uh, I do. I swap to that mode and head off running through quickly. I mean, uh, Photos is fantastic at uh, working out its own metadata. You know, I had to look for an image of a spotlight the other day and I just typed in spotlight. And I've never written that word on any photograph, but it found about a dozen of them over the years. So there is that, but I also found just for visually checking, I knew I took it in the last couple of weeks, that kind of grid thing would be really helpful. And actually, if I'm less sure, there's a really good filtering system now. I mean, again, there always were things a bit like this, but now it's faster and uh, you find these features more easily, I think. So with the filtering, you can tap a button and for only portrait shots in your photographs that you've ever edited, for example, or edited videos that are favourites. Little combinations of things adds up to something you slice through the untold thousands of photographs we all seem to pull together. Yes. And so it is interesting. So to surface some of those things, I was just playing around with it now as you were talking, but when you're in the Photos app in iOS 14, it's those three little dots in the top right corner, and it's actually available whether you're in the album view and you're looking at your recents or you click over to your library and you go to all photos, the three little dots thing is up there. And that's where a lot of these options are available. And you can actually reorder and control what options are there. So the square photo grid or the aspect ratio grid is there. Also the filter slideshow, you can even do the map. You know, sometimes it's hard to find, you know, can I just see a map where all my photos are located? You can actually put an option there in the little three dots. So that's pretty cool. To give a quick update on some of the antitrust news and the Epic vs. Apple, it's been a number of weeks since we kind of talked about this, but there's actually a date for when Epic and Apple will face each other in the courts. This will be May 3rd of 2021, and it will be a trial. It's a bench trial, apparently, is the phrase for it, which I must admit I'd never heard of before trial when there isn't a jury jury is called a bench trial right a bench trial. Um, i don't know if this is just a different term here in the uk but that was new to me right so yeah a, a bench trial and so you know it'd be interesting to see what comes out during this investigation and during this bench trial but this is also on the heels of an house antitrust report and so the house here in the united states kind of came up with more things talking about how apple does have monopoly power over its app store and things like that no laws or regulations or anything but it does look like they are more strongly speaking about (laughs) Apple and its App Store. And this news actually came out late in the week. I thought it was interesting, but that gamers actually spent $11 billion in Apple's App Store in quarter three of this year. $11 billion in the App Store, (laughs) just gamers in one quarter. And this is apparently 
more than the entirety spent in the Google Play Store for the same quarter. So just games, just video games, and Apple's App Store, $11 billion, which is more than the entire Google Play Store put together in the same quarter. So it is definitely a huge market when we talk about the money made from games in the App Store. And so it'll be a little while, a number of months, but come May 3rd, we'll see what comes of the Epic versus Apple trial. Will Apple be forced to allow Epic to do its own payment system? How will it change their policies? It'll be interesting to see, but that's coming next year. I've got to say, what am I missing out on with games? That $11 billion can't be wrong. Can it? I mean, I play Sudoku a lot. <laughs> That's about it. But, you so. know, it's, it's, I think so much of that is the non-physical purchase of coins, gems, currency inside of games oh, right. to kind of either progress further into a game or to buy yourself skins or items or the ability to... I don't know, advance faster through the game. I believe that's probably a lot of what that $11 billion comes from. Not necessarily game purchases, although that's a part of it, I'm sure, but more so the in-app purchase of a lot of those things. I know when Pokemon Go was big everywhere around the world, there was so many people doing in-app purchases for special Pokeballs and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know, it's just a huge market and people spend a lot of money, which is also kind of hilarious because when someone sees that an app costs five dollars people seem <laughs> appalled true. appalled that an app could charge yes. five dollars or worse that if it's a subscription of twenty dollars a year just seems insane yeah but for some reason to buy in-app purchases of skins or whatever suddenly that's a different place in people's minds i still don't understand that no i don't do do you do you still have do you run into people or have friends or family that just seem appalled at the idea of having to pay for an app at all Yes, for the longest time. I remember somebody many years ago, before we had the App Store race to the bottom, a friend wanted to buy Microsoft Word. And where I come around hundreds of pounds. And she said, how can it cost hundreds of pounds? It's only a word processor. <laughs> and I was actually able to tell at the time, I interviewed somebody at Microsoft, uh, no, much earlier, in the mid-90s. And by the mid-90s, Microsoft had spent over a billion dollars developing Word. This is serious stuff. And uh, she then wouldn't pay some hundreds. And you can understand that being able to afford hundreds. But she now probably wouldn't spend £2.50 or one ninety nine <laughs> or whatever it is here for these things. It's a strange strange world yeah but. and that's you know i try to tell people about fantastical or things and you know OmniFocus would be the same way and i try to tell them like these are great apps that will help your productivity and they're like five dollars five dollars a month it's insane mm. and i'm like man i mean this is quality stuff i mean software is is not you know compared to what it used to be going into a store and buying a big cardboard box for 75 60 dollars that you had software that may or may not get updates that may or may not be supported, may or may not, whatever. I don't know. It's interesting that that's still a perception. Yeah, a nice box, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. You get a big box with a little CD in it, or a three and a half. I do. There wasn't there. Uh, there was. I can't remember the name of it. There used to be a software that was like a, a status display thing. Uh, it would all it would do was display various facts you wanted it to, like a, a switchboard thing of how many calls in, but something about your computer, your network, your map. And I think it cost ten dollars to buy it. And companies were buying it complaining about the price but buying three thousand uh, dollar flat screen displays to mount on the wall to show the output of this ten dollar thing and how they thought the the set the monitor was worth it and the information they were watching wasn't is just yeah. unfathomable it's it's wild so anyway links and show notes to the couple things that came out this week about that 
And finally, I just wanted to touch on this. You know, this past week, it was nine years since Apple founder and longtime CEO Steve Jobs passed away. And William, you actually had the article about this uh, earlier this week, talking about, you know, he passed away at 3 p.m. Pacific time, October 5th, 2011. So nine years ago, it seems forever ago and not so long ago as well. And in the article, you have some great video links, um, his address at Stanford University, I believe that was, uh, where he actually talked about mortality. And that was interesting. But, you know, it's one of those things, I don't know about you, but when I see celebrity or, or Hollywood people pass away and, you know, people talk about, you know, how it is sad and it is always sad, obviously, but how it has affected them personally, I usually struggle to identify with that feeling. But on the other hand, I do remember when I heard about Steve Jobs passing away, it was something that definitely hit me and seemed to affect me. And, you know, it's can't explain it. Never met the man, never talked to the man, but it definitely felt like a significant event. And yeah, it's could still remember where I was when I heard about it. Yeah, funny, I'm surprised to say that I can't. I, I would have said the same as you. Uh, again, never met him. Uh, and yet somehow that force he was, you felt like you knew him. Uh, from it. Whether you liked him for it or not was, was one thing, but you, you were aware of him and conscious, and he seemed to be pushing things forward. And then suddenly to have that all gone is a shock. But I actually can't remember where I was. I remember where I was when Douglas Adams died, for mm. example. And I have an alibi for when Kennedy was shot. But other than that, I'm oddly blank. Well, you probably weren't even in the country, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, my think... excuse. Yeah, yeah. Also, not born. Okay, can we just establish Oh, that? okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to go there. I didn't know, you know. Yeah, way. thanks. <laughs> uh, only just, frankly, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, I, you should check out the article that William has here. Again, great links to the videos. And, you know, for maybe our younger listeners, if you have never watched the introduction of the original iPhone in 2007, Steve Jobs at Macworld, that is still a masterclass in marketing, communication, and like speech and presenting and all that. It is just, yeah, it was an incredible announcement. I still remember it gets shared, you know, every once in a while, especially around October on Twitter, you see people sharing that original iPhone announcement. And it's just, yeah, it's an amazing thing just to see him do it. So I'd like to say, actually, I completely agree. But um, even now, all these years later, when the technology seems a bit old, it's still he's still very persuasive about it. But at the time, uh, people forget he had to do a bigger job than you think. He had to make it seem like Apple could do this. Uh, right. Stepping into the mobile phone era was this impossible huge job. And here was a company that, in th- well, had never actually done it. And yet he spends the first time just massaging the facts, studying, you know, this and that about Apple's experience until when he comes to it, you fully believe that Apple is physically capable of doing this. And at the time, Apple wasn't that far out of its, uh, you know, the days when it had nearly gone bankrupt. So it, it also gets you to believe in the financial backbone of this. It's really astoundingly carefully worked out uh, piece of speech writing. Yes, and if you read kind of the behind the scenes of that iPhone announcement event, how on the fringe that phone was might not work. You know, like even just the ability to make a call. I remember it was like, hopefully it will work. No guarantee. <laughs> you know, in this room with thousands of people. And it's amazing that all the demos went great, you know, as Steve is talking about the phone, showing the scrolling, you know, I remember he would even show, you know, because he talked about it as an amazing iPod, communications device, and internet browser, you know, and he showed all those features in the keynote, and it all worked great, but it was kind of like a skin of the teeth 
you know, the, the fact that it all worked in one event with thousands of people in the room, it was kind of amazing. So, isn't it funny though when he did that big reveal of the uh, the iPod, the internet communicator, the the phone? All we cared about was the phone. It's like, yeah, yeah, very nice. Tell us about the phone. And now the phone's the bit we use the least. We use oh, the other yeah. two the most. It's... Absolutely. And I, I still remember some of the prototype images that people had thought the first iPhone might be shortly before the event, and it was like an iPod click wheel, but with like a, a number pad. <laughs> a phone just how off all those predictions were for what the original iphone might be so it was a you know it's an awesome event because it was pleasantly surprising you know people did not you know there weren't leaks of the original iphone you know there was no uh, cases from some manufacturing line or you know some leaked image from a supplier it was a surprise you know and it was it was an awesome event to experience well, let us know, listeners. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter. You can find handles for William and myself on Twitter in the show notes. You can also send us an email. All the links are there. Let us know what you think about the upcoming Apple event, what you might buy. If you're going to get an Apple Watch SE and do the family setup, love to hear about all of that. Also, don't forget to check out HomeKit Insider. The show comes out every Monday. We have a fun episode coming this Monday. I talk about the leak sensor alarm that went off in my house, and I talk about that experience. (laughs) I know. You're going to have to listen to it, William. It's a good story, to be honest. Okay. I'm slightly nervous of it now. No, no, it's good. It's a cliffhanger. You'll have to listen on Monday. And if you haven't yet, we'd appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. You can do that there to help us raise the ranks and be discovered by more Apple listeners like yourself. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Mm